0: Once upon a time, Mary and I moved to a country town where I took up the role of team leader of an average-sized church. We bought the house. Everyone in the street soon knew that a pastor was moving in well before the removeless truck arrived late at night, scaring the dickens out of our immediate neighbour, almost leapt out of his bed, not the smoothest of starts. As we unpacked our possessions the following days, we walked our dog, Vala and noted that one of our neighbours across the road had the sign uh, next to the door, no religion, no politics. Yay. Uh, we got to know George and Di, and their grandson, Thomas, and their daughter, Yvette, who lived two doors down. There were two things that were instrumental in winning over George. The first was the visit by a pastor friend of mine, Reese McFadden, who was doing my induction into that church and he rode a loud Harley Davidson motorbike. The other was food. George loved both. Over our time in this town, I set up a veggie patch in the backyard And when we had a bumper harvest, I took over extra produce to our neighbours, whether on either side of us or across the row. Getting to know what they loved to eat, we made sure there was plenty to share. They, too, did likewise. When I had time and the produce, I would break out the valcoa uh, and make spicy plum sauce and tomato bolognese sauce, and shared them around as well. Christmas time was a time where we shared the leftovers going back and forth across the street. It was amazing how the barriers were broken down over food. So much so that George and Di were always allowing us and welcomed us into their home, bypassing the sign. They entered our hearts and us theirs before the sign eventually disappeared. Eight years on, we still receive the occasional text message updating us on the happenings in their life and in their world. Closer to home, in Reservoir, Friday's edition of The Age reports on neighbours who know the power of food. According to Tom um, Cowie's report, for Nina, 73, living next door to Daniel, 28, and his brother Luke, 26, in Reservoir, it's more than just sharing her cooking. Melbourne's most famous Yaya feels like she has a duty to look after them because they lost their mother in the most horrible of circumstances, domestic violence. Daniel and Luke want to use their Instagram platform, Yaya Next Door, that they have created which celebrates the love shown by Nina to raise money and awareness for people who have endured family violence. They have plans to harness the unexpected popularity of your ER next door and produce memorabilia including plates, aprons and cups with all the proceeds to go towards women's shelters and other charities. More than that, they hope that their story will encourage people to connect with their neighbours. Then, if they hear something, that might, um, they might be more likely to act like Nina did that night. You can have your own ya with any neighbour, says Luke. For Nina, feeding the boys is something she loves to do. You've got a ya-ya. I look after you now. That's it, Nina tells them. Hugh McKay writes, within family and among friends, preparing food for someone else is the most eloquent way of expressing love, care, friendship, welcome, forgiveness or even reconciliation. It's little wonder that sharing a meal and sitting down together to eat with others is a significant marker that is recognised in the sacred writings of the Bible. With drive throughs that run 24 hours a day and fast food outlets that litter the countryside, it's easy for us to fail to realise the significance of offering hospitality. A meal to someone that um, meant uh, and what it meant in the Old Testament and the New Testament. For Abraham, in Genesis 18, we hear, which we heard earlier from Tessa, to offer a meal to people passing by on a journey was of utmost importance. Let's remind ourselves of some of that. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noted, uh, noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honoured your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. Later... In the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews echoes the value of offering hospitality and drawing from Abraham suggests that in the sharing of a meal and perhaps some accommodation, you might bless angelic beings. Hebrews 13, 1-3 says this, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realising it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated, as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. In Jesus' day, people tended to eat with their own kind. Not just Jew with Jew or Gentile with Gentile. Gentiles was basically anyone who wasn't a Jew. There were three sort of cultural groups in the minds of the Jews. There was the Jews... There was the Samaritans that were the half-caste, half-Jew, half-Gentile and then there was the Gentiles as well. But for these eating situations, it wasn't just about Jews eating with Jews, it was within your own class structure as well. The similar social standing where people would eat with people of their own class. To break these social class boundaries was frowned upon it's little wonder then that Jesus, when he accepted an invitation to, to eat with a sellout to the Roman occupiers of Israel, a tax collector, and his mates, it was inconceivable in the minds of the religious elite. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13, we read, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, He said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not sacrifices. For I have come not to those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Jesus developed a reputation regarding his eating and drinking habits. Jesus, the Son of Man, rebuffs the comments and the gossip made by complainers in Matthew chapter 11, verses 18 and 19. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, Jesus referring to himself, on the other hand, feasts and drinks and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results so why is this significant and potentially this scandalous thing to be gossiped about amongst the religious elite because eating with someone speaks volumes to the observer and to the participant and so who you eat with matters but writes meal times were far more than an occasion for individuals to consume nourishment Being welcomed at a table for the purpose of eating food with another person becomes a ceremonially rich symbolic um, of friendship, intimacy and unity. Thus, betrayal and unfaithfulness towards anyone with whom one had shared a table was viewed um, as particularly reprehensible. On the other hand, when a person is estranged, a meal invitation opened the way for reconciliation for us as we seek to create community there is a significant aspect of sharing a meal together Hugh McKay once again comments nothing makes a stranger in our midst feel more welcome than the offer of a meal food is a symbol of openness to otherness when we consider creating community in Darabin and in your neighborhood wherever you are there is something special about meals together there's something special for us at northern about our community lunches it's more than just the supply of food meals on wheels does that and and people can spend an average of eight or nine dollars for a volunteer to deliver a meal to their own home but coming together coming together for a meal to exchange glances to hear laughter and frustrations. Sadness and celebration, to share story and to feel heard, to feel valued. Sharing food together, that human connection adds so much more. It's a little wonder that in 1 John 4 verse 12 we read, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and he is, His love is brought to full expression in us eating with others, perhaps steamed broccoli with cheese sauce, because I've got to mention broccoli in each service now apparently, Um, uh, eating with others, eating with others as Hugh McKay writes and as Jesus demonstrated, is an amazing expression of love and acceptance. For those who feel socially isolated, for those who feel unloved, for those who feel invisible, the gesture of a meal together is a deep act of love, of God's love. So how do we respond? First, we ask the question, and it's a worthy question to ask, what age bracket do you think is the most lonely? We've got a graph on the screen that has different age brackets of uh, 18 to 25, 26 to 35, 36 to 45, 46 to 55, 56 to 65 and over 65 so if you were to hazard a guess which age bracket do you think would experience the greatest degree of loneliness based on this survey any over 65 anyone want to hazard a different guess all of them well they all experience loneliness to some degree but in the next slide it's actually quite surprising According to the Australian Loneliness Report in 2018, 18 to 25s experience a similar level of loneliness to 56 to 65-year-olds. Of those completing the survey, 65-year-olds and above are the least lonely, probably because of retirement villages and other support systems that are specifically directed to those groups of people. So, if you live next door to someone younger, that does not mean that they would not appreciate um, someone sharing an interest or showing an interest in them. We all can experience times of loneliness and so it's tough when we assume that, oh, they're doing okay. How can we reach out to all the different age brackets? Just as Reservoir brothers Daniel and Luke have and how much they love there ya. But we also want to make sure that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. The first practice in the fractals of community is in our own home. Once again, Mackay writes: Meals together have a developmental impact on kids. In a 15-year study by Catherine Snow of Harvard Graduate School of Education showed that family mealtime conversations played a bigger role in children's language acquisition than have story, than them having stories read to them. Imagine that, that there is a greater impact that children have by sharing a common meal with other adults than to have a bedtime story read to them in their acquisition of language. Watching the way people interact and commune with each other is an enriching time for children. So for solo parents, consider inviting friends over. Who might you invite over for a meal from time to time to encourage and to show love to your children? It can also be life-giving for you. Hugh McCoy once again writes, If I were asked what to do about the level of insecurity and anxiety in contemporary Australian society, I wouldn't start with politics. I wouldn't say too much about terrorism. I'd suggest the first step is that you would invite the neighbours over for a drink this weekend. Today, a drink. Tomorrow, a barbecue. Pretty soon, a community. So on a personal note for Northern... I know that we face the very real risk of losing our community lunches due to a lack of funding. But as tough as this sounds, that need not be the end. Imagine if imagine if those here today committed to getting to know our neighbors better. Better by breaking bread with them. I wonder. Could Jesus who broke bread with others, could the love of Jesus be revealed as an expression of love through us as we break bread with our neighbours. We don't love others by proxy. We cannot pay others to love them on our behalf. Once again, 1 John 4 verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. So how might we respond today as we seek to create community? Can I encourage you to prayerfully commit to do two things? One, first of all, use our time together after the service each week to get to know someone over morning tea. I know it is tempting to rush off or to play it safe, and to keep others at a distance. But Jesus calls us to step out of safe spaces as we express love to others. To give you a quick personal experience for me, there was one occasion where I visited a church that I grew up in, and I went back there and to catch up with people and and see what was happening. After the service, we went out to the Um, hall for morning tea stood there in line grabbed a cup grabbed a drink turned to look and talk to someone and they turned their back to me and looked the other way and started talking to someone else instead compare that experience to another experience that I had at a church in Canberra where after the service someone came up to me and said hey listen you're new here great to see you let me show you how things work, come with me, we'll grab some morning tea. They showed me where things were, where to grab the cups from, all that sort of stuff. We sat down, we were able to have a cuppa together, they introduced me to other people. Which church do you think I felt more welcome in, more loved in? It's an easy thing to do but the second one, absolutely. If there is a visitor, invite them to stay for a cuppa and help them to feel at home, Help them to feel connected. The second thing is to take time to visit or to have a cuppa with a neighbour. Get to know them better. Share a meal with them. I think you would be amazed at the difference it can make to others but also to you. I encourage you to take some time as the music's played to pray pray through each of those um, encouragements that I've given you today. To, To offer a prayer to God to say, hey God, would you help me in this area? This is an area that I find a struggle or whatever it might be. But take some time to commit each of those responses to God in prayer. If you'd like to pull out those response cards, now's a great time to use those. God bless you.